Specialty Story, session number 64. Whether you're a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information you need to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. I hope you're having a great week. I want to thank you for taking the time to download this podcast or stream this podcast, however you are listening. Turn it on, put on your headphones, rock out in the gym, rock out while you're doing dishes, making dinner, doing laundry, whatever you are doing. Thank you for being here. Today, I have a great guest, somebody who came to me because one of you heard this podcast and heard me say a couple weeks ago and several times that I need more guests. So if you know a physician who you think would be a great guest here on this podcast, reach out to them, give them my email address, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net, and have them contact me, and we'll get them on the show. That is how I got in contact with today's guest, who is a private practice med-peds doctor. That's internal medicine and pediatrics combined specialty. Now, Dr. Lauren Kuwick has been out of practice now for five years in private practice in the Buffalo, New York area. And she talks all about her journey with us today. Lauren, when did you realize that you were interested in MedPeds? I knew a doctor growing up who was a family friend who ended up being my internist when I transitioned from my original pediatrician and she was MedPeds. So I had that in the back of my mind as a possibility. What was it about that specialty that, that interested you in it? So I always tell people the first thing I wanted to be was an archaeologist and the second thing I wanted to be was a teacher. And I feel like MedPeds allows me to kind of be both. So the archaeologist part of it, with internal medicine, you're always putting together clues to figure out what's going on with the patient. And I love that. I love the mental gymnastics you have to do for internal medicine. And then for peds, kids are just fun. Um, and sometimes when I'm examining like a six-year-old and getting them to jump up and down, I think I can't believe I get paid for this, but I love <laughs> taking care of kids. So kids are fun. Um, the teacher aspect, I love educating my patients on a daily basis. And so, you know, I kind of get to do all the things that I wanted to do together in one specialty. So I like that a lot. With the subspecialization that medicine is going towards, do you see a risk of, of med-peds because it's so general with both internal medicine and pediatrics? Do you see a risk that that specialty will go away over time? I don't think so. I mean, we definitely need primary care doctors. And I think specializing in both really gives you the opportunity to be a better pediatrician and a better internist. I think people really like to have someone that they can um, see themselves, have their mother seen by, you know, we see their kids. Uh, the parents buy in more to what we're saying because we're also their doctor too. So I don't think so. You know, I think that there have been some good things that have come down the pipeline for primary care. Um, so I think it, I think it's here to stay. Good. Now, for some students out there who maybe haven't heard of MedPeds before, but then hear, oh, you're taking care of adults and kids, that's like family medicine. What's What's the difference there? 
Exactly. So actually, some of my family members thought I was just a straight pediatrician until a couple of years ago when they had other people say, you know, your your daughter is my doctor. Um, so it's similar to family medicine or family practice um, where we take care of the whole spectrum, you know, from babies all the way to I have some patients who are in the later 90s and 100. Um, but we don't do OB, so we don't deliver babies. Um, we do take care of pregnant patients, but we don't, we're not involved in their, you know, prenatal and delivery care. I do very little surgery and some family practice doctors do very little surgery too, but some do, you know, do small operations in the office. And the other thing is, whereas they may do a couple months in pediatric training, we do a full residency in pediatrics and we're board certified in pediatrics Mm -hmm. and we can subspecialize if we want to. So any specialty you think about, um, it really comes out of internal medicine or out of pediatrics. When you talk about subspecializing, can you subspecialize in either the pediatric subspecialty or the adult subspecialty? You can, or you can specialize in both. So there are people that, for example, may want to take care of patients who had complex heart disease as a kid. And then those patients were repaired and now they're 30 and they need someone to take care of them. And so there are people who will do a longer fellowship in combined internal medicine and pediatrics cardiology. And then they are equipped to take care of those people, you know, throughout their whole life. It's longer. So for fellowship, if each fellowship in internal medicine or pediatrics is three years, that's usually about a five-year fellowship. And then there's people who just say do adult cardiology, but because they are pediatric certified, they feel very comfortable with those cases. So there's other ways to do that without doing the full five years. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's a lot of training. It's a lot of training. Yeah. What traits do you think lead to being a good med peds doc? I think you have to be willing to talk to people. And you have to be willing to build relationships and be comfortable speaking with specialists because that really will help your patients out in the future. And you have to be able to apply knowledge to things that don't seem very straightforward. Some people like to have one specialty where they get a lot of deep knowledge in a very narrow pocket. You have to kind of know a little bit about everything and be um, really, you know, willing to work hard. And then the other thing is, if you're someone that doesn't like to do a lot of procedures or like to be in the operating room, you know, that's, this is something where you can do some minor procedures, but it's not heavy. Uh, So that I think is, is a good fit as well. As you were going through medical school and looking at options for residencies, was there anything else that was drawing your attention away from MedPeds? I love emergency medicine. I think most people in MedPeds at some point considered a career in emergency medicine. For me, it was probably a couple things impacted that decision. Um, first of all, my mother's an emergency medicine nurse practitioner. So I went to bring your daughter to work day and I spent a lot of time volunteering in the emergency department and it's just a ton of fun. Um, there's a lot of variety But ultimately, I like controlling my time, and I don't mind an emergency every once in a while, and I don't mind dropping everything to take care of it, but I don't want lots of emergencies going on at the same time. Um, I don't like feeling kind of like I'm flustered, and I really like having control over my own schedule and deciding, you know, the hours that I want to work without someone assigning those to me. 
it gives me more time with my family. Yeah. What types of patients are you seeing? Are you seeing healthy patients, well-visit stuff? Are you seeing uh, sick patients? I see a mix. So in terms of my ages, I'll see like after this podcast tonight, I'm going to the hospital to see a one-day-old baby. And I had someone who was 91 in the office earlier. I do see a mix of well visits or, you know, what we call annual wellness visits or physicals, people who are getting ready to go to surgery, people who come in uh, for chest pain or for fevers, um, people who um, need abscesses drained or biopsies. So it's kind of a variety of things. Describe a typical day. A typical day. So I like to get to the office about 30 minutes on a good day before I start the day. And there's a lot that we do between seeing patients. So it's talking to my nurses, answering calls, checking labs, reviewing any documents that came in, images, um, sometimes prepping my notes in the morning, although I, I do that typically the night before. I see patients in the morning for about three to four hours, do a lot of the same stuff at lunch, you know, just reviewing labs and documents, talking to people. Um, and then I see patients in the afternoon as well. I also have a late day where I'm in the office until about seven at night, but I come in at noon. So, you know, that's the same day, just push forward a little bit and I get some more free time in the morning before coming in. For med-peds, it sounds like it's more pretty strictly outpatient-based, although you said you're going to the hospital later to check on a, a one-day-old. is For med-peds, is it, is it mostly outpatient, not doing much inpatient? You know, at least where I live, it is. I think um, if my area of the country is similar to other people's practice, most outpatient primary care doctors, whether pediatrics, internal medicine, family practice, or med-peds, are having their patients taken care of in the hospital by hospitalists. So I only go to the hospital for babies born to my practice at the newborn nursery. And and it's pretty rare, actually. Most pediatricians have the hospitalists in the nursery see their patients. Yeah, so it's, it is 95% outpatient for me. Do you have to take a lot of call? I take call one day a week. Usually I might get one phone call. One time I went almost three months with no phone calls on that day. Um, sometimes we get, you know, two or three. And then every fifth weekend I'm on call and I get an average of about 10 phone calls. So it doesn't in any way impact my weekend. I don't have to necessarily be somewhere. Um, I just have to be available by phone. And, you know, if patients hear my kids talking or crying in the background, they know that I'm living my life. And, mm -hmm. you know, usually people are pretty nice about it. Um, but it's not it's not that time consuming. So it's just it's just patients typically calling with issues on off hours. Yes, call. exactly. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Do you feel like you have enough time for family and, and life outside of being a doctor? I do, but I had I have three children. I had two during residency. So anything after having two kids back to back in residency seems like a ton of time. I mean, my <laughs> kids were almost 18 months apart. Uh, but yeah, I do. Um, so I work a pretty typical day, two days a week. My third day, like I said, I come in at noon. I'm here till about seven. Then I have a day off completely. And then on Fridays, you know, we're only open a half day. I'm the one doctor in the office, which makes it very busy, but we only work a half day. So I have Friday afternoons off too. So 
I feel like I have a lot of time at home with my kids. Um, I'm there with them in the morning to get them on the bus. I get them off the bus two days a week. So yeah, I feel like I have a lot of time. What does the training path look like to become a MedPed stock? So you're taking a three-year pediatric residency and a three-year internal medicine residency, and you're smushing them together into four years. Because of that, there's a lot of overlap, especially in that first year, about learning how to be an intern. And a lot of the things that you learn are not really specific to one specialty or another. Um, There's not a lot of time for electives or, say, research months. And we have a lot of inpatient and intensive care unit months compared to, say, a traditional pediatrics or traditional uh, internal medicine residency. If most of the work is outpatient, why is there so much focus on the inpatient and intensive care? That is a great question, Dr. Gray. I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) I was thinking about that the other day in the newborn nursery. I was thinking, geez, I only did one month in newborn nursery and I did three months in the NICU. And I, you know, my NICU um, graduates that come to my practice are very few and far between. I don't know why it's so heavy on inpatient ICU months. The other thing I could say is, I think in general, probably residency is pretty hospital heavy for most specialties. Mm-hmm. Um, one day, one afternoon a week, you're at you're at a long term clinic, which is kind of where I really started to realize that I really wanted to do an outpatient primary care career. Is that something that, looking back on your choice of of residency? maybe you you would have chosen to find a residency that had more outpatient rotations? I don't know if it's actually something that is modifiable. I think for MedPeds, there are just national guidelines that mm. you have to hit um, to both finish your pediatric requirements and finish your internal medicine requirements. So I don't think that it was a modifiable thing. And I felt very lucky because my clinic quote-unquote assignment was at a private practice in the community where the other doctors are really happy in primary care. And um, it was really well run and gave me a great introduction to life as an outpatient primary care doctor and really sucked me into that role. A random question. Do you know any data that shows that graduates going into MedPeds residencies choose to end up subspecializing in something and only doing that subspecialty for adults or for pediatrics? You know, I don't know any of the national data locally at my training program, which is one of the bigger programs. These programs for MedPeds are really small. So I, I'm from the East Coast. I interviewed at a lot of East Coast places from, you know, like Boston down to DC. And most programs were two to four residents a year. And four was a big program or eight compared to like 60 internal medicine residents or 30 pediatric residents. Most people who graduated from my program went into primary care. um, Or if they did do a specialty, they only did that specialty in internal medicine or say pediatrics. And then sometimes the overlap stuff like um, sickle cell care or cystic fibrosis care. So I have seen people do both, but you know, I don't know what the national data is, but in my particular program, most people actually run into primary care. Okay, good. How competitive is uh, is MedPeds? Oh, I, I think not particularly. Okay. You know, I went to a state school and and interviewed at 
you know, some top echelon programs and felt like I was just as competitive as the other people. So I don't think it was particularly competitive. Is there, uh, and making assumption, is there a thought that because it's MedPeds or just primary care in general is, is not that competitive? I think, you know, general internal medicine, pediatrics, uh, med peds, family practice, those things are probably not as competitive. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I wish they were more competitive. I think it probably has a lot to do with uh, salary and mm-hmm. reimbursement. But, you know, I, I think they're the greatest fields in the world, but they're not as competitive. Yeah. Unfortunately. Do you yeah. see any, any negative bias towards DOs in med peds? You know, I don't. This is this comes up a lot. I, my particular residency program was very DO friendly, and I a lot of times forget when I think about my colleagues that I did training with. I honestly forget who went to DO school and who went to MD school um, until I see their name written out, and then I you know remember. But no, I don't think not not the way there might be in some um, other specialties. Not at all. We talked about subspecialization a little bit already with your uh, example that you gave. You said it's basically any subspecialty for internal medicine or pediatrics is open to a med-ped stock. Is there anything that's not available to a med-ped stock to, sp- uh, to do a fellowship in? No, there's not. Although the one thing I hear, I do hear people say is that they might do a med-ped uh, residency and then do a fellowship that is just within one sphere, like say pediatric ICU but then practice both in the pediatric and the adult realm. I do see that happen, but no, I don't think there's anything that's cut out. I think, um, you know, when I was in internal medicine and pediatrics and rotating, most attendings were pretty happy to have us on their teams because they knew we were pretty academic and worked hard. Are there any specialties that you work very close with as, as a med-ped doc? I think the things probably most primary care doctors work closely with. So cardiology, I'm talking to a couple times a week. Oncology, you know, a couple times a week. I was on the phone for a while today with them. Surgery, um, those are the main ones. Sometimes nephrology, uh, but those are the big ones that I'm talking to on the phone with, you know, on a weekly basis. Are there any special opportunities outside of clinical medicine for MedPeds? You know, I think probably, again, similar to all primary care um, practices, but, you know, telemedicine, certainly college health, um, you know, being a volunteer faculty or a full faculty at the university. I don't know what I mean, reviewers on different journals, but I, I haven't really looked, you know, much into the realm outside of clinical medicine personally. Okay. What do you know now that you wish you knew before going into MedPeds? I don't, this is probably not specific to MedPeds, but I wish I knew so much more about the business of medicine because I'm a private practice owner and, and I'm actively learning, but I wish that they taught uh, this in medical school. I, I wish I got some wiser advice about my student loans before um, entering attending ship, although, you know, that's coming around and I plan on those being gone in a couple of years. Um, those are the main things. What do you like the most about being a MedPeds doc? I like being someone's doctor. I like taking care of families and I love taking care of older adults in their 80s and 90s. I just think there's so much to learn from them. And I love taking care of first time babies of uh, families and kind of guiding them through that process. What do you like the least? 
probably the reimbursement compared to specialists. I, I don't have a lot to complain about. It's fine. But I, it seems like, it's not that it seems like, it's the fact that we pay more for um, procedural uh, specialties than we do for those people who, you know, hold their patients' hands and talk to them when something's going on. And I think that we should even out that reimbursement playing field. You mentioned you're in private practice. What was the decision for you to go into private practice versus academics? I like having control over my own schedule and over how things run where I am. And honestly, going into private practice versus academics, um, you get paid more and you have a better schedule and I think a better quality of life because you get more say over um, how your practice runs and you're not having an administration tell you what to do. <laughs> when you put it like that, it's like, why does anybody go into academics? I feel that way. I know. <laughs> I really do. And and I've been at my particular practice for five years. The first four were as an employed physician, which was great. I became a partner last year. And I, I honestly would never work for someone else for the rest of my life. I was just telling my medical student today who asked me the same question. I, I just said, you know, Last week, my my babysitter had the flu, and I had to um, go pick up my three-year-old from preschool, and I worked for myself, and I blocked off my schedule for an hour and picked him up, and he came here and did blocks with my partner while I saw patients over lunch, Mm -hmm. and no one said anything to me about it because I work for myself. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I think so. For a student who may now be very interested in MedPeds, specifically private practice. Uh, do you see any major changes coming to the field that uh, he or she should be aware of? You know, the, there's this this thing called capitation that doesn't impact students, but there's kind of a change in the way that we're paid in private practice. And if this is a more regional thing, but a lot of insurance companies are interested in incentivizing you to provide really good care to their patients. Um, but then they, they kind of pay you per month to be someone's doctor and they don't pay for sick visits when patients come in. There's good and bad things about that, but there's there's changes in the pay structure for private insurance right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Overall, with the Affordable Care Act, that has not impacted my practice in a negative way. Um, and it'll be, again, interesting to see what happens with uh, the new health care plans. Yeah, the, the membership, almost membership model of primary care is very interesting and being tried in a lot of places. I think it's great too, you know, but the one one population that I love taking care of, again, 80 and 90 year old patients, they're on Medicare. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, they worked so hard and whether they raised a family or had a job and they're retired and I want to be available to those patients. So it's worked for now. But yeah, I can't say that I haven't looked into something like direct primary care. Mm-hmm. If you had to do it all over again, would you still be MedPeds doc? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Any last words of wisdom for a student thinking about MedPeds or, or maybe loves, loves pediatrics, loves internal medicine, and thinking about either one of those or both of those or family medicine versus MedPeds? Yeah, something I think is a really neat trend. And again, this may just be me, but my I take medical students from our local uh, state medical school that I went to. And um, I love seeing that my first year medical students are networking and connecting with 
attending physicians and going to shadow them to see if it's something they're interested in. And most of us, especially in practice outside of the university community, we're really excited to share our specialty with people. And so if there's someone you know that's a family friend or your your pediatrician um, or someone you meet at a networking event for pre-meds, really take them up on the offer if they offer for you to shadow or reach out because, you know, those of us who are happy in our career, we want to share that with other people uh, who may be interested. And so, you know, reach out and network and take people up on offers if they do offer to let you come shadow. All right, there you have it. Again, that was Dr. Lauren Kuwick, who shared with us her journey into becoming a med peds specialist. And if that is something you are interested in, hopefully now you have some motivation to go out and find a med peds doc to shadow. If you have any suggestions for physicians to have on this podcast or specialties to interview or go out and find physicians for this podcast, again, number one, if you know somebody, just give them my email address, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net. If you don't know somebody, then go find somebody. <laughs> go go do some Google searching and, and help me find some more physicians so that I can keep bringing you awesome interviews here every week on Specialty Stories. If you're pre-med, go check out my MCAT podcast. It's the podcast for MCAT prep. As I'm recording this, I just got an email yesterday from a student thanking us for the MCAT podcast. He binge listened. He had just found the podcast like two weeks before his test date, binge listened to it, and he got like a 516 or a 517 or something. So I'm going to take credit for all of that. I think it was going to score like a 482 or something without the MCAT podcast. Probably not, but that's what I'll say. So go check out the MCAT podcast at the MCATpodcast.com and all the other podcasts we do at mededmedia.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Specialty Stories.